Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld-Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome back to another episode of the Interiors Podcast. This is episode 18 and our first homeowner interview of 2023. And here with me, I have Vivian McKendry, who you might know from at the.project.home on Instagram. Welcome, Vivian. Hi, Tanya. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you here. So Vivian is a um, entrepreneur as well. So she comes from a creative background, which I think is important for everyone to kind of know before we jump into the story of her home transformation. So Vivian, you want to tell us a little bit more about your your kind of business and career background? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Vivian. I'm the owner and the founder of One More Thing.ie. So my business, One More Thing, is basically an interior homeware as well as dry and preserved flower online store. But we also have like occasional pops up, uh, pop ups, and uh, various locations in Ireland. Uh, so uh, definitely check out our website. It's called One More Thing.ie. But my background. Um, so I'm originally from Hong Kong. So I moved to Ireland with my husband about six years ago. And we just fell in love with the place and we decided, okay, this is our forever home. And so we bought our first house uh, in Dublin. But going back a little bit to my background is that I was a project manager for commercial and hospitality projects um, in Hong Kong. So we built okay for homes. construction. Yeah, for construction. So we built hotels, oh. we built restaurants, uh, private clubs. So I was one of the project managers. So I'm kind of exposed to this construction and creative area for interiors and buildings. So that was a little bit of my background. But I also was in events and PR for a number of years. So I'm constantly exposed to like decorations, um, how to dress a venue with flowers or with different type of materials. So I'm kind of exposed to to that area as well. Wow, that's like a perfect background for doing your own design project. And now I understand why you did all of your own drawings and why they're so good. (laughs) Yeah, so being a project manager was was fun. Like I'm not the one designing, but I got a lot of exposure. I have a lot of conversation with like builders, designers, architects. So that really helped to to shape like my um like interior likings. Yeah, and so it was mainly commercial. You said like hospitality and and retail in Hong Kong. Yeah, so I've never done any residential ones. Uh, it's all commercial. So uh, okay. I guess the requirement and the regulations is slightly different, but it's uh, it's actually uh, it's very fun because it's much bigger scale. Yeah, and how many years did you do that for? I've been in that for six years. Okay, wow. And then when you came to Ireland was when you changed career. So when I first moved to Ireland, it was very funny. Uh, I couldn't find a job, and I know at some point I want to build my own business because that was my like like the inner inner entrepreneur kind of uh, instinct. But I started actually work in a tech firm in an Ireland. Uh, I was a personal assistant or executive assistant for the CEO of a, a tech firm. 
and like they do airline business. But I learned a lot because I have no clue about like anything about technology. And that's really helped me because I got a lot of exposure of, of the technology to be used to run an e-commerce business, uh, mm-hmm. especially for, the, for airlines. That's actually helped me to build my eventually my own business as well. Kind of a non-linear trajectory, but it all kind of <laughs> culminated quite quite well. Okay, so before we turn this into like an entrepreneurial and business podcast, which I would love to do, <laughs> let's talk about then the the house. So you said you first bought in Dublin, but the house from your your amazing Instagram, that's not that house, right? No. So okay. when we first moved to Ireland, we found a house in Dublin 16 in Rathfarnham. And okay. we, because we both have to work, so we need a location that is close to the city. And yep. I think uh, Rafarnham is the perfect location because it's so close to like everything. We have Dundrum right next door. We are so close to M50. If we want to explore like the, the Wicklow area, there, it's like very easily accessible. So we decided to go with this location. We stayed there for three years. We bought the house uh, in twenty early 2018. And okay. then it was a very small, it's only about 80 square meter detached. Okay. Um, three okay. bedroom built in the 80s. Uh, you know, those typical 80s type of uh, house. Yeah. And we did everything ourselves. We cha- completely transformed the house from how it was until the point we sold it, we made a huge profit uh, out of it. Wow. And cool. that gives us a, a boost of, okay, maybe we can do something bigger. And also at that time, uh, before we sold the house, I just started the business and the business kind of took over the whole house. Uh, we have like a multi-purpose room in that house, for like TV for a guest room. And that turned into a flower workshop. And eventually the business just took over. And we move everything down to the living room. So it's not really... Uh, there's no quality of life. And so sure. we decided, okay, we need a bigger space. And so we asked the estate agent who sold us the house to come back and look at what we have done and give us a valuation. And uh, surprisingly, like the, the the asking price he asked us to put up was much higher than what we would ex- ever expect. And yeah. that was only the asking price. We end up sold, uh, selling the house at a much higher price than the asking price. Uh, we were so happy and we decided, okay, now we really urgently need to buy a house. We haven't, <laughs> we didn't get anything until the point that we sell agree with the with the potential buyer. And we sold the house within three weeks. And uh, wow, <laughs> we, we actually had the garden done. And yeah. uh, the S agent took a video of the garden and the house and put it online. And then we got people knocking the door. I'm not looking to buy your house, but I saw your video. Can I come and look at your garden? Because it's amazing. Like, it's wow. crazy. So we're very happy with that. And then that leads us to, okay, we need a bigger space, but it's not affordable to buy a much bigger bigger space in Dublin. And because of COVID, we both uh, work from home and then we, we decided we don't actually need to be in Dublin anymore. As long as we are maybe within an hour drive to the Dublin city center, then that would do. And that okay. actually leads us to where we are now. Okay. And where is your, I know your, your husband's Irish. Where is he from originally? So he's actually from here, Northern Ireland. 
So okay. he in Antrim, uh, but he traveled around the world. So he worked in Belfast and then eventually in London. And then he moved to Hong Kong. That's where we met and got married. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to come back to Ireland, which is closer to his parents. But we didn't go back to Northern Ireland. We decided to be in Dublin. Okay. Okay. So timeline-wise, so you bought in 2018 that first property. So then it's 2021 when you sell it and you're looking for the the house you're in now. Yes, right. So we decided to uh, look for a space in um, Kildare or Meath or even Wicklow at that time because it's all within an hour range. And also one of the criteria that we were looking for was it has to be so close to the motorway. So either N7, N11 or N4 along those lines, then uh, it would suit our criteria. And then we one day we just go around and we arrive in this place with open field with thousands of sheep, like walking around (laughs) free range. There's no fence, nothing. And we're like, what is this place? It's amazing. And then we look it up. It's actually called the Kura. And it's um, it's so beautiful. And we just fell in love right away. It was like, we need to find a house here. Like, this is where we want to be. Uh, That's like horse horse country, right? Like there's the, the racetrack, right? Yes, yes. So there's a racetrack. There is a lot of like, na- there's like a lot of studs here. The national studs is here. Yeah. Uh, it's a horsey country. And we just absolutely love it. And it's actually very close to the motorway as well. It's like literally five minutes to N7. And it's so close to Newbridge or Nace, those big towns. Yeah. So it works out very well for us. And one question, actually, just going back a little. So the house that you did up and that you you made this the, the profit on, we've interviewed actually a few people who flipped their starter home. Did you do that work yourselves um, or did you, did you hire a builder as well? Yeah, so we didn't hire a builder. Uh, we didn't hire anybody, actually. We did everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, because it's a small house, so it's totally doable. Because the old the house was never actually done up since the first owner uh, has it in the eighties, and so everything kind of left very minimal. It's just painted wall. It's nothing too crazy. So for us, okay, to- you weren't stripping out like you know one weird extension here, one weird renovation here. Okay, yeah. So it's pretty straightforward. We just need to put up new paint, change the doors. Uh, we didn't we didn't even change the window. It looks okay to us. Oh, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't too cold. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. Uh, but we uh, upgraded the, um, the radiators. Like obviously oh, that, that we need a plumber to help us to do it, but those are minor work. So we, yeah. what we did is we rip out the kitchen, the existing kitchen, and then we bought an IKEA kitchen and then fit it ourselves. And uh, oh. Because it's small enough. Uh, at that time, we don't have a lot of money. And so we reckon, okay, we just need to look cozy. Like It's not like we want to flip the house. We want it to look decent and comfortable for us to live in there. Yeah. Uh, we put in like laminate floor. So it's nothing too fancy, you know, yeah. but, we put, like, but we really put our heart into it and make it like super fun and multi-purpose because the space is small we need to make like full use of every inch of space uh i think the 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 most important thing for the sale of the house is the garden so the garden again we hired a landscaper 
and okay. help us to do some groundwork. But the majority of the work is actually done by my husband. So mm-hmm. he built a pergola, he built like a like a wooden like a board walk, and he built the the shed. Like he, he built a lot of like landscaping. He does a lot of he did a lot of planting as well. So that actually okay. make the house worth much more than it should be. I think. And it had a good size garden. It has a good size garden, and the interesting for that is that's the only uh, detached house in the estate because it's yeah. in, at wow. the end of the cul-de-sac. So you don't actually share a boundary with your with your uh, neighbor. So it's it's actually a decent size, and it's um it's a great location that probably also make the deal. Yeah, yeah, and you bought it at a good time, like 2018 and before, and then you're selling kind of the peak of the pandemic. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. We were shocked. Yeah, very we, cool. It was a record uh, price in that estate. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> well, you did. You did a lot of hard work, so you know you deserved the uh, the time, the luck of the timing. Okay, so let's go back to the Kura. So, how Hi. did you find your house then? So you decided you wanted to be in that area. What happens next? So we went on like DAF, myhome.ie every single day, and we found this amazing yeah. house with three acres of land, uh, with a horse stable and a Christmas tree farm. But that is not the house that we eventually moved into. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we love that house. It's a, it's a five-bedroom detached house with um, like a massive piece of land. So with a separate garage and we right away we fell in love. We sell agree within two days. And so we went to the solicitor, we hire a surveyor and all this, like the the usual process. And we discovered there's a boundary issue. So the access role to the stable doesn't uh, belong to the owner. So there's no access to the stable. Uh, So our solicitor advised us that that could drag on for a long time to get that sorted. You probably should come up with a plan B. So we're back to square one and we keep looking and looking. We decided we just want to buy a house in Akura, nowhere else. So we found this ad on myhome.ie. It was not there yesterday and it just showed up as a tiny little picture. There's no interior, nothing, just one picture, super small of the exterior of the house. And there's no price. There's only uh, the, the size and the number of bedroom. And I looked it up on the um, estate agent. It's a legit agent, so it's not a scam or anything. So I thought, yeah. <laughs> what's the crack with this? Like, how come yeah. there's a photo? And it's like, oh, we just put it up, like, rushly. I'm going to take it down. I said, no, 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 Is it available? He's like, yeah, it is, but we're not ready. I said, I want to see it. I said, I really want to see it. So he sent me the address. He said, why don't you just go and look at it yourself? Like, I don't have the key yet. You just go and look at outside. He sent me the address. We went, drove all the way. And have a look on the outside. It's like, this is so beautiful. Like, this is wow. it. We didn't even yeah. know how much. We didn't even know what's in <laughs> Is that we want this. So we phoned out. I was like, okay, what's, tell me the price. And we want to go ahead with this. And then he's like, and really? tell us more about what, what did it like? What did it look like? Because I, I can see on your, on your Instagram, but like what yeah. era was it from? What condition was it in? So it's a, it's a housing estate with 24 houses. Yep. So they have this beautiful stone wall outside the house. So it's all stone cladded. 
uh, it's a massive house. Every house uh, has a very spacious garden. So uh, our house now sits on a 0.6 acre land. So the gardens, it's, it's quite big. Um, yeah. It's very quiet, Kudasak, um, very enclosed. Um, and then it's just very spacious. And, and that day, probably when we came over, it was blue sky and like everything just <laughs> great and there are a lot of mature trees in a garden as well so that we really like it and so we phoned up the agent we said okay uh so tell us more about it we want to see inside he's like oh actually there are two available in this estate so the estate was wow. built in 2008 and okay 90 cool. percent of the houses are occupied except two that was never lived in since 2008 and it was never renovated it has nothing inside. It's concrete floor, bare shell. Uh, okay. No- it was never finished, really. It was never finished. It was okay. finished. It was finished, but it's not lived in. Uh, there was heating. They keep the heating on for 13 years so that oh, the, my paint, God. the paint looks fresh. There's no mold. There's nothing. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> wow. So that it was, was it still owned by the original developers that had built the whole estate? Yes. So the developer actually owned half of the estate because when, when they started to sell it, the market crashed in 2008. Of course. So he didn't manage to sell all of them. So he kept half of them and rent out most of the, most of those that he kept, except two that has never been finished. It was one four bedroom, there was a five bedroom and the SA agent showed us both and we decided to go for the five bedroom one. Wow, that's amazing to go from 80 square meters in Dublin to yeah. a five bedroom house. Yeah, and, so um, the house is like 300 square meter at the moment, sitting wow. oh acre of land, which is such a transformation for our, for our lives. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I think this is, uh, I didn't realize you were, that you moved from Dublin to to Kildare, but I think a lot of what this episode might highlight for people is with the change in working life for many people from the pandemic, like, like you said, why, why sacrifice your quality of life? If you are, you know, if you can live an hour outside near a motorway, this is what you could have. And like, you know, most people want it all. But unfortunately, with the housing crisis we have now, it's you have to kind of these are the trade offs. And um, wow, that is. And so did you did you was it easy for you guys to decide to leave Dublin and move somewhere more? Because it's not like you have family in Kildare. That's why I asked where your husband was from. How did you kind of come to terms with that? Like maybe your friends weren't going to be so nearby anymore. You know, did you know Kildare at all? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we didn't know anything about Kildare before. We had no <laughs> idea where we we're going to live in, but we just fell in love. We feel that's the right place, and like going back to that, uh, like cl- you want a close proximity to the to your life in Dublin. But for us, um, we can easily drive to see our friends. Like we can uh, we can go back to Rathfarnham in 45 minutes we can go to the okay. 45 minutes we go to the town for in 50 minutes so it's still actually very accessible like even if okay. you bus probably take the same time so it's not like it's really far away and also um we we don't have kids 
Uh, so it's just my husband and myself and two dogs. So it's actually very easy for us to move around anywhere in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Okay. So they, you went for the five bedroom house and um, yeah, I'm just looking at the house here. So they, they were new builds, but they're kind of designed in a, in a more of an old style, right? They look a bit kind of country cottage inspired, like even the windows and like you said, the stone detailing and, and the roof detailing, right? Yeah, indeed. So it's more, I think it suits the environment because we're in the countryside yeah. and that suits the environment perfectly. What I really like about the outside of the house is the stone cladded wall. Also yeah, the arch window. So I, I really love arches. And in this house, there are two arch windows at the front of the house, which kind of uh, actually make me feel, okay, I want to put more arches in, inside the house as mm-hmm. well to match the windows. And uh, that actually kind of guide me uh, how I design <clears throat> interior as well. Cool. Yeah, no, I love that. Did you have an idea of the style of house you wanted or after you chose the Kura, it was, was it more about just about space and price? Uh, it's more about the space and price at the beginning. We didn't think yeah. about how the house is going to look like. We like for us is an urgency to have a bigger house because of the business. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. So we actually moved into the house right away without a kitchen, without food, <laughs> without anything. <laughs> oh my god! Right, because you you had sold the other house, so you need. We have sold the other house. We're in a temporary apartment in uh, in Rafarnam, and the owner kind of gave us a deadline that like you have to move out by a certain time. So we have no choice. Uh, we just like, okay, um, we can do it. We just live in a construction site for a few months until we found a builder. Uh, uh, we just do it. Let's just do it. So when you bought it, it, it had been, it was basically a perfect new build that just needed the finishing details. Uh, yeah. And it had the bath, it had bathrooms fully fitted, right? Uh, no. So it's no, no, it's uh, there are bathroom fixtures. There is a tray. It's all plumbed, but like, obviously there's no tiles. You can't just take a shower with bare wall. It's it's crazy. What we did at the beginning, like we just did it. We, we bought some purse back uh, sheet and just line, yeah. <laughs> line one of the bathroom walls with that. And then there you go. We have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And, and we, like, was there even a shower head or like, how did it come out of the, there is a shower head. There is a very okay. cool, <laughs> cool shower head that actually worked. So we just have to line the wall with like plastic sheet uh, to protect the wall. And then we have a shower to get us going. Uh, it's upstairs, all wooden floor, uh, not wooden floor, it's floorboard. And then downstairs is concrete floor. There's no kitchen. Um, so we bought like a camping stove. And we bought an IKEA cabinet and just put it in the utility. And we have a plumber to plumb it with a, for us for a sink. And that's how we lived there like this for eight months. Eight months. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so you did all this in 2021. Like, were there still, I'm trying to remember, the pandemic is a blur. There were still kind of sporadic <laughs> lockdowns and stuff, right? During this time. Yeah. So we moved into this house in 2021, October. Okay, so so we can't we we, would, we can't do anything at that time because it was still kind of <clears> locked down. I remember was it March 2022? We kind of get out of it, so yeah. we couldn't have anybody to do any work for us. 
So the developer actually, um, we kind of connect with him and he said he can send somebody out to, to do some work for us. But eventually it didn't work out because the scale of work that we wanted to do uh, was much bigger than what he reckoned. So it didn't okay. work out that way at the end. Uh, but yeah, we were living in a construction site for eight months. Oh my God. And when you bought it and you saw the scale of everything that had to be done, having just done the other house in Rathfarnham, you had an idea of like what it would cost to put in a new kitchen, um, and some, and lay new flooring. So did you have already a budget in mind of like, this is how much we're going to have to spend? Or were you like, let's move in and figure it out later? No, before we moved in, I kind of started playing around with the plans and I kind of know, okay, we probably have to spend quite a lot of money to bring it up to standard. Uh, Like the last house we did on a budget, uh, a very small budget, but this house, we reckon we're going to live here for a long, long time. So we want to basically make it that it's like, we, we feel very happy with it. We don't want to put like cheap and um, not like not durable stuff. We want everything yeah. with good quality that's going to last us for at least the next 20 years. Um, so we put together a budget before we actually move in. We kind of know that's how much we we have we have to spend. But obviously, um, no budget is 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 becomes the actual spending. Like, yeah, and actually more than what we originally budgeted. As they say, no plan survives enemy contact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The enemy being rising construction costs. <laughs> it's, everything is so expensive. Because, but it, when when you got a quote and then you started work, maybe a few months later, the price has completely changed. And it's not like you can't budget it originally. It's it's just you. There are a lot of expected things happened along the way. And did you use like a certain cost per square meter to help you create the budget? Or was it a little like more nu- nuanced than that? Like you were like kitchen, you know, 30, 40 K from the quote, you know, what, oh, well, you had the windows, the flooring, this and that. How did you kind of come up with that plan? Yeah, I think we did both. So we actually changed a lot of windows, uh, even though oh, okay. the window conditions are okay. But the back of the house where we have the existing kitchen and open space is, uh, we have to open up a lot of walls. So we have to put oh. in a lot of new picture windows. <clears throat> we have upgraded the patio windows, as uh, the patio doors as well. So it becomes a little bit more more than looking at the back of the house instead of the country looking at like the front of the house. So what okay. we did is we put together a budget, say for kitchen, as you said, we have a lump sum, but for flooring, for example, we have to price at like per square meter. At the beginning, it was funny. We thought tiling, it's cheaper than a wooden floor, but it turned out to be more or less the same. So wow. we, uh, at the beginning, I thought, okay, we can save fun- some money by tiling the whole ground floor. But at the end, it was the same. So we decided, okay, we're just going to tile the kitchen area, and then the west, the rest, we we used uh, like a good engineering for floor. It's a lot of tweaking, a lot of sourcing, a lot of research to come up with a more precise budget. Okay, so you did do some structural work. So I'm just kind of scrolling through Instagram. So at the rear, what did it originally look like, and what kind of structural changes did you do, and why? 
Yeah. So the house, the ground floor um, is actually quite, has a quite a big footprint. So we have the good room, good room in the front of the house. We have a gym yep. room in the front of the house. And then there is this awkward uh, big space in the middle with the door you go in. It's They call it the dining room. And then going back to the house, there is a very small area for kitchen. And then there's this living space where there's a fireplace. I guess people probably would use it as like a living with TV and then with a dining table, with the kitchen all in one space. And okay. for us, having a separate dining room doesn't work because it's only two of us. Like we would never use that room as a dining room. We think it's a waste of space. So we want to connect that dining room to the back of the house uh, and then becomes a much bigger open space. So now sure. we use the dining room, the, the, the original dining room as our TV room. Okay, gotcha. It, yeah, so the walls are open up to connect with the back of the house. And we have switched the position of the kitchen. So there were like water and electricity provision in the in the, in the original plan. But we have to change all of that because we want a much bigger kitchen. So, so we switched the kitchen to the other side of the back of the house, which was wow. originally the, the living and the dining area where there was a fireplace. So we have to close up the fireplace and then build an arch where the existing arch wall is. That was where the fireplace was. And then, yeah, so we have to do all the plumbing again. We have to close some windows to inco- to, to allow room for tall cabinet units. So it's quite a lot of work downstairs. Yeah. Wow. And like, obviously, one of the most expensive things, especially in something already finished that you have to reopen the walls, is moving all the water and gas and, and all of those things. So yeah. how much do you reckon that added in cost what, versus like if you had left the kitchen where it was? If we have left the kitchen at where it was, um, we probably would save about, I would say five, five to six grand. Okay. That's not, I mean, for having the, a much bigger kitchen of your dreams, that's not insane. Yeah, it's not insane, but I think it's totally worth, like you say in a grand scheme of thing, if you're doing like a renovation for over 150 grand, for example, five, six grand. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you decided on all of that. You drew up those plans yourself, right? You didn't use a, an architect or you didn't consult a builder yet when you decided to make all these changes. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> as the way how I did it was very primitive, like, cause I'm not a professional, but I'm trained to look at plans when I was a product manager. So I know how things work. So it's very primitive. I use PowerPoint. (laughs) I basically put the old plan and lay over some new alternation walls and all that on a PowerPoint. And then I discovered this free app online called Floor Planner. So I started putting together um, like the floor plan, 2D floor plan, and then built up a 3D rendering uh, through that app. And so I can visualize after uh, we move the walls, how it's going to look like. And it's actually quite accurate. Like it looks exactly like now I look back, it looks exactly like how I planned it a year ago. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. Floor planner. Definitely going to link that in the show notes. Okay. So you draw it up, but you do have this background in, in project management. And also we didn't mention this, but before we started recording, you were telling me 
your husband, although he now works in tech and, and came from a background in banking, he did train originally as a joiner when he was really young for a few years, right? Yes. So he was trained as a joiner by trade when he was 15 and he worked as an mm-hmm. apprentice for a builder until he was 18. And then he decided to change Korea. So that's why we're able to DIY a lot of things within the house, uh, at least the simple things like skirting, doors, handles, and all that stuff. And if you think, what if two people who didn't have your project management background and his background, but they're fairly like, you know, they're really detail oriented and pretty handy. Do you think somebody else could do what you did of DIYing the plans and doing some of the hands-on work you did? Uh, Totally. It's totally doable. Like with the help of a lot of uh, YouTube videos, DIY sharing on Instagram, and then with a lot of online tools that are actually free, like even anybody can do what we have done. Uh, Obviously, it's not going to be as professional as a professional interior designer does, but I guess it's totally doable for for at least to plan what you want. And eventually, if you hire somebody, you can communicate what you want visually with them with all those tools. Okay, so you do all your plans, and then you have an idea of what this might cost from your background as a project manager, from getting some quotes, I presume. then tell me, how do you go about finding the builder and then, and obviously the kitchen company, those are going to be some of the biggest expenses and, you know, yeah, a lot of things you were going to DIY. These were the ones you weren't. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So it's, it's actually quite funny. Um, we went to a local pub. <laughs> <laughs> how every story in Ireland begins. <laughs> And That's then, actually where I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a local pub in Kildare and we talked to the bar lady. She's a very lovely lady. We told them we're new to the area. We want to do some work in the house. We knew nobody and we left out details. <laughs> that is amazing. That is so old school, like leaving oh, your messages at the local shop. Exactly. <laughs> it worked perfectly. Oh my God, I love a few it. days later, we got a call. <laughs> We got a call from this very, very lovely gentleman. Uh, His name is Peter. And he called us. He's like, oh, I heard from Betty from the pub (laughs) that you're looking for a builder. I was like, yeah, yeah. Do you want to come and have a look at our house and we can discuss further? So it turned out that he was, uh, he worked in a couple of projects with with Dermot Bannon for a room. Oh, my God. So yeah, yeah, yeah. TV. So it's it's uh so it's like okay, so we can trust him because he was on yeah. TV and we have seen his project on TV and we know he's good. So he came over, we had a very good chat, and he obviously he is he is very, very busy, but he has this three weeks gap for his until his next project. And he said he reckoned it takes about three weeks for him to finish all those major construction work in our house he said he can do it for us and wow and it was like perfect we didn't expect that we went to the pub didn't we didn't expect we're gonna have a builder two days later so that's oh my god we found peter the builder and obviously he has a very good team of people working with him he has electrician and plumber working with him in other projects so he put together a team for us very quickly and like he did an amazing job very 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 happy with the result and wow. the builder. And so he 
he was happy enough with with the plans you had drawn up and one other question did you get those plans did you just use the plans given to you by the developer i suppose he had construction drawings right so you had very accurate dimensions uh so no so we <laughs> <laughs> So it, everything happened like an accident. No. So what I did is I uh, I did hand drawings. Okay. So I did uh, sketches to and also the the renderings that I generate online to show him what I exactly want to do. And then I did all the technical drawings uh, by hand. Okay. So that really helps. And obviously he is very very experienced. So he advised me. Okay, this might not work. Maybe we should consider okay. this. Maybe this wall has to be like 150 mil wide instead of 100 mil. So he gave me a lot of a lot of advice. So that's one okay. thing is finding a good builder who is experienced and knows what he's doing. And he also understand my needs, my intentions. Uh, it's very, very important. Okay, cool. Um, but I guess my question was, how did you know you were working off really accurate dimensions? Did you measure the entire house yourself? Or did you go off what the estate agents had given you or did the developer give you something more accurate? Or did you survey it? Uh, no. So I have measured uh, the whole house myself with the laser. Oh, my God. Uh, every oh my God. single space, like every inch, I measure everything. So I eventually drawn up a plan uh, by hand with my own measurement. So there is like a wow. discrepancy between our, my drawing and the developer's drawing, obviously. Um, yeah. But I think it's crucial to have the right measurement to start with, with anything, any planning, any drawing, because we're working with a lot of arches in the house. Um, without sure. the right measurement, the arch is going to look wrong proportionally. Sure. So it has to be correct. Yeah. Wow. Fair play to you for like not just kind of doing the easy route and going off the developer's drawings, but right, taking it all yourself. And if for anyone listening, like for, you know, if you're not comfortable with measuring it yourself, then you could always hire somebody to survey your house. And this is different from a surveyor that surveys your house before you're buying. This is like a, a land survey person. So they'd come and they do what Vivian did, <laughs> but they'll charge you like a thousand euro for it. <laughs> that's another thing. But that's always an option. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sure. Okay, cool. So then the builder was, so he made some of his own revisions. He was like, this needs to be thicker. Functionally, this will work. This is load bearing. He made all of the kind of calls. And then was it then ready to go? Like, that's it. You can, you can build off your drawings with his edits. Is it that easy? <laughs> yeah, it sounds too good to be true, but it was the case for us. Like we just, um, have to monitor closely. We have discussion yeah. every single morning. So uh, he tr he makes sure like we're happy with this measurement. And then before mm -hmm. we actually do, do it, like he will show us this is how it's going to look. He draw it up as well. And we, we work very closely because we live there. So yeah. we can monitor. No other option. Yeah. If anything doesn't look right then we have to change we have made a lot of like on-site decisions let's say um in our powder room there was supposed to be a wall that needs to be kept but then we kept it and we decided it looks not right so we made a decision on site that he has to knock down that wall uh, so these are things that we didn't predict 
when we have the drawings done or when we design the house. So a lot of decisions are actually made on site. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do the route you did, where you're saving a lot of money by project managing it yourself, by not hiring an architect for plans or an interior designer for spatial planning, yeah, you have to make up those hours by being there, right? Yeah. Because so much can go wrong otherwise between, and you were really lucky that you had an amazing builder that was super collaborative. But a lot of times, if you're not there, the builder is going to do whatever they think is right because they yeah. have to. They have their own timeline and schedule, and they need to be out of there by a certain date for it yeah. to be profitable. So they're going to keep going, and they're going to be like, "Not really sure what this is. I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why communication is key, and mm-hmm. monitoring is key. Uh, I like I don't usually like to micromanage, but for this kind of work, you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think. Like you can't be afraid to ask questions. Like what you had a certain level of understanding, but even like the the average layperson who doesn't understand anything, you shouldn't feel embarrassed to be like, "Is that right? Like, why is that like that?" And nine times out of ten, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I that next step is coming. I'm doing that next." Or yes, that's just a temporary structure until I do X and Y. But I don't think you lose anything by like questioning things that might seem off. I don't know if you have any stories of other things that you were like, wait a second, and that you fixed, because it would be great to, to you know, yeah, hear more so about that. There is one that I, I could think of is we have a sliding door in our powder room. So our downstairs bathroom is separate into two space. One is the washing basin area, and then we have the toilet yeah. behind some uh, sliding door. Oh, uh, interesting. Like a, a like hidden door. Uh, so because the way how it's designed, we have an arch way going into the basin area where there's no door. We have a curtain kind of like draping down into the basin area. So it's a completely dark space. And then you open up the hidden uh, sliding door. You go inside to the to the toilet area. So, okay. so that's the design of the space. And then uh, so obviously he installed the sliding door for us. And then he he kind of put some like funny architrave around the sliding door. And I look at it, I was like, what is this? It's like, is the, we have to hide the frame of the sliding door. I was like, but it looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, it shouldn't be like this. It's like, uh, yeah, but there's no other way to hide it. So we have to just put a, tr- like a trim over it. I was like, no, 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 it, it can't be like this. It's wrong. <laughs> Uh, and then so he's like, okay, uh, why don't you go away and think about what you want to do and I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing now. So I discussed with my husband with his joinery background. I was like, how can we make it work? Because like, it's 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 awful like at the moment. Was it was it just really chunky and thick and it didn't match any of the other architraves in the house or what was so wrong with it? So the, 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 so the, uh, the door frame, he put an architrave as tall as the door frame. And I was like, what about the top piece? There's like, you know, like architrave should be done at the 45 degree. So he put the architrave, it's a very sim- simple piece of like, I think it's a one by four, or a, okay. a very small piece of wood. And it just go all the way to the top of the door and it doesn't look right. And he's like, oh, it's already tacked on. So we can't take it off. I was like, no way. Like it has to be taken out. Like it, it yeah. looks so wrong. So at the end, we made the compromise I said like let's just keep that piece of wood I can live with it but let's make a 45 degree at the at the top of the door and and that's how he did it he managed to like 
patch up the joint and all that. He made a good job. He did a good job at the end, but like all these small things, just an architrave, right? But if you don't look and he continued to do what he thought is right, then eventually you're not going to be happy with it. So uh, we monitor, like probably I go, I went down probably every hour to look at what they have been doing. Wow. They, that's incredible. Made, but like we, we have to do what we have done. Yeah. That's the benefit of being self-employed also and, and being able to work from home that you can do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that is so key. And I like, I love that you called it out and you pushed back because they're like, no, it can't be undone. It's like, like entire buildings can be demolished. So obviously it can be removed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like obviously if you want them to remove something they have already done, they're definitely is not happy with it. But yeah. I think like I'll also work with them and communicate. Like I don't want to look at it because I'm the one that's going to look at it forever. And if I'm not happy with it now, I won't be happy like later. So let's just spend the time and redo this. It's not right. Yeah. No, amazing. I love that. And I think people are often afraid to do that and cause tension and conflict. Yeah. So you just have to look at it like from a professional point of view. Like you said, this is not what you want. And, you know, how do we find a solution? There's yeah. always a solution. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, you mentioned about our kitchen as well. Yeah. Which is one of the, the biggest feature, which I absolutely yeah. love in the kitchen very much. So we have actually been to look at a few different kitchen suppliers and we got quotes back and it's all kind of slightly over our budget. And mm-hmm. what I realized is a lot of kitchen supplier, they will force you to make something they have already done before which yeah. they are very comfortable with and they know they can do a good job. But to me, I don't want anybody else kitchen. I want something that is unique to the house. And yeah. one day I got contact by this kitchen company on Instagram randomly. And she said, Oh, I've been following your journey. And are you looking for a kitchen supplier? I said, yes, I'm actually uh, looking for it. So I went to meet them. Like the moment I stepped into the showroom, I met um, the owner. I know I'm going to use them because he listened instead of forcing me to buy what is in his showroom. He really took the time to listen to what I want. And he gave me a lot of good suggestions. Oh, maybe you can consider this. So it's more like a discussion, more like he is a designer. I'm a designer, but we kind of brainstorm together and come up with an even better solution. So I think that works very well uh, for our house is I know what I want, but I need somebody to understand what I want and be able to execute the design. And I think that's very much like what you what you said with the builder, too, that he you knew he was going to be the right person to work with because. He was listening and giving suggestions along the way. And I think that's a great way to find an architect as well, that they're like listening to you and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Or you could do this. And that's even before you've hired them. So they're already kind of on board as your partner. Um, So I think it's, it's really good to go with that kind of gut instinct. Um, Okay, cool. So then you, you find your kitchen supplier and actually on that point, why did you decide to do the kitchen with a kitchen supplier rather than, you know, you'd obviously knew how to DIY a kitchen. 
Mm-hmm. Your your husband had the joinery background and you had a builder. A lot of people would use the builder's carpenter and go off, you know, buy the carcasses from Noyex and then like have the carpenter put the doors you want and find your own hardware and mm-hmm. get your own stone. Why did you decide to splurge on that when you guys were obviously really, you're, you're really savvy about knowing where to save? I, I'd love to understand the rationale of where you invested. Yeah. So the kitchen that we have now is not a usual kitchen because we built an okay. arch around it. And yeah. that's a builder's job. And in order to build around like a cabinet tree around that, it requires expertise. And I don't think we have the expertise to do that. And I'd mm. rather spend the money and hire a really professional um, company to, to do it for us. Also, like, I really like to, you know, shop around in different like wood supply shops. And I went to this place called the woodworkers, probably a lot of mm-hmm. people have heard about it. Um, and they have this very interesting, uh, like fluted panels. And I was like, I want to use that. So I got a sample and brought it back to the kitchen supplier. By the way, the kitchen supplier is called the kitchen shop TKS. And they're absolutely okay. amazing. They locate in Valley Mount. And uh, the owner, Peter, like he's so good to work with. So I brought him this piece of sample. I said, I want to use this and put it in one of in the cabinets. I was like, okay, why don't we test it out, make a sample and see how it, it looks. So he made a sample. I was like, absolutely lovely. We're going to use it. And then I brought another piece of sample, which we have now used in our kitchen island. And I was like, that's a good good thing to use. Let's experiment it. Uh, I want to add brass. Okay, let's experiment it. You know, like every new idea, he just take it in and he appreciate that I came up with some new ideas and he said, okay, let's try it and see how it looks. So like, I really enjoyed the whole process with the team and also the fitter is a family business. So the fitter and the workshop, they're all like one family. So like we okay, actually amazing. Become, yeah, we actually become friends. I visit the workshop and look at how it's <laughs> made and like it's just a fun process. That's something kind of unexpected. You don't wouldn't expect uh, a kitchen company is so attentive to, to listen and then to experiment with you. Amazing. So in terms of timings, so did the builder actually finish all the structural work he needed to do in three weeks? Like you got yeah. electrics and plumbing and first fix? Yeah. Uh, yes. So he managed. Oh, to do- my God. Yeah, he managed to do everything in three weeks. And obviously there are things that we need the plumber to come back because of like okay, the yeah. tiles and uh, like some bathroom fixtures are not ready in time. But the ma- yeah. majority work, like he finished, he packed everything in three weeks. Okay. So obviously you get him in and then you're like, holy shit, now we need to order all the things that need to go in because now you just have things sticking out of the wall, right? Yeah. We actually ordered the windows before we had a builder. Okay. Okay. Uh, but obviously we asked the window company to hold off because we need them to confirm the exact opening and everything. So we want a builder to sign off at the, at the end, but we already pay a deposit. So the window company is very good. Like they basically hold like a schedule for us is like, we can do it within this window. Once you confirm then we can come and fit it within two weeks. So it works out very good in terms of timing. We have the builder and then the the windows come in about a week after they cut down the walls. So everything wow. worked out perfectly. We finish everything within the three weeks. That's incredible. And what was the window company? Because that's very good turnaround time. 
Yeah, so the window company is also in uh, around the Ballymount area. It's called uh, it's called Vind RS. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Vinders, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're very good. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, and then you, what about the kitchen company? When were they then scheduled to come in? Yeah, so we have to tile the floor first before the kitchen came in. So we have the Tyler, amazing Tyler Thomas. Uh, he did an amazing job for us. So we only tiled the kitchen area. So one is down, then we have the kitchen company over, and they basically have it done within a week. Um, so it's very fun to actually work with them because I went to the workshop. We have like read a glass door in the in the kitchen, and the design of the glass door uh, has to like the, it has a bigger like a wider width. For on the rim to hold a glass, which is slightly mm-hmm. different than the slim shaker doors that we have. So we play around with the design in the workshop. We like put like little piece of wood together, and we eventually came up with a very nice design for the reader glass door. And that's something it's fun. Like who I I don't know. I've never heard other kitchen company allow you to go into the workshop and play around with the wood. Yeah, just with them. So that's something wow. I really enjoyed. That's amazing. And so you'd mentioned that you guys lived in the house without like a functioning kitchen and the untiled bathroom and all of that for eight months. But it sounds like all of this was done in like five weeks. So what took so long? Was it the period you were designing and drawing until you found the builder or the time it then took to design and, and make the kitchen and fit it? Uh, I think probably because of COVID, first of all, uh, we were okay. still in lockdown at that time. And second is we couldn't find a builder who can okay. so that uh, took a while yeah who, like there are people interested but they can't even give us a quote and probably they're too busy or you know the material has prices has changed and so a lot of factors uh but i guess because we lived there for eight months we look at the house every single day we know exactly how we want it to be and that actually prep us to have everything ordered and in place when the builder is uh, confirmed. So it actually helped the process because we were there for so long and we order everything. We already know uh, what we want. So it's actually helped the process. Wow, incredible. And the kitchen company, you you chose like your sink and your taps and your appliances with them and they and they fitted everything for you and and, and procured it for you? Uh, no, we actually went the other way. So a lot of kitchen okay. company, they probably put the appliances or the sink, the tap, everything into the budget. But for me, I like to go around and shop. So okay. I actually bought all the appliances myself. I sourced the tap, the sink, everything like separately. Even the handles, I sourced them myself. I think that it's probably a saving as well because yeah. you shop around, you will see different options and like they're very accommodating whatever I shop I send them the dimension the spec yeah. and then you would just incorporate that into the drawings amazing so it's just a matter of timings like making sure you had all of those technical things to them before they were at the stage that they needed to be making the the boxes for everything exactly. yeah and what about the stone same right you went directly I know you went to stone link so you went directly to them Yes. So eventually we didn't use Stonelink. We went to Lancer okay. Stone at the end. Okay. Uh, it was a long sourcing process because finding the right stone, it's mm. not like a one week or two weeks things. Like, because yeah. 
It depends on the availability, depends on the colors, depends on what stone you're looking for. We knew we want natural stone at the very beginning. We want to spend the money on the stone. Um, it didn't work out uh, with the first supplier eventually. And we went to Leinster and we found this Arabescado marble from Leinster and we just love it. Obviously, it's ve- they're very, very busy. So we waited for some time to eventually get it fitted about three months after the kitchen is fitted. Wow. So you just had like a temporary board on top. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not the end of the world though, to get your right piece. Like I think what you've walked us through shows how flexible you can be if you want to get the right things at the right price. Like, okay, put up the Perspex sheets and and shower there and like, you know, really get to know the house. And I mean, who cares if the stone doesn't come in for three months, You, you can still use your whole kitchen, right? Exactly, exactly. I think being patient, it's so crucial in this whole process. Uh, I'd rather wait for the best result than rush to get in something temporary. Yeah. Okay. So then you get the kitchen in. But before you did the kitchen, I presume you and your husband were doing some of the DIY work. So I know you painted yourselves and you fitted skirting yourselves. When did you do that? How did you do it? What else did you do yourself to save money? (laughs) Yeah, so we didn't want to do the painting ourselves at the beginning, but we Mm -hmm. got some quotes back. It's I know it's a lot of work because it's a big house, but it's way over our budget. And we decided maybe we should just tackle that that ourselves because I think painting is the only thing that is more durable for a DIYer, I think. So we decided to just do it myself. Like I work from home, I spare a few hours every day to just prop the walls, to sand the walls, you know, to paint the walls. And my husband doesn't like painting. So I painted everything myself. (laughs) You painted a 300 square meter house by yourself. Yes. Yes. Oh Um, my God. How long did it take you? A few weeks, a good few weeks. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. with, with, uh, With Christmas coming up like back then, we just want to get a lot of things done before Christmas. It kind of like motivate us. Okay, let's get this done for Christmas, you know, like, so it really pushes me to get everything painted. Um, But, you know, it's a long process, but I think it's worth it. Like we save about 20 grand by painting. People underestimate what painting costs. Like I would say you could for a good painter that's going to make your walls good fill any holes like if there's any removing any old wallpaper old paint you're yeah. looking at easily 500 to a thousand per room depending on the size of the room and the height of the ceilings yeah if you're painting you're cornicing or skirting in different colors if you're painting your ceiling and like obviously that's going to add up with with a like a thousand per room and that's gonna that was more for for your house because then you have doors and architraves too yeah exactly and the fun thing about painting it yourself is you can experiment different paint so mm. we discovered there's this there's this called the plaster paint that i play around mm-hmm. um, in our powder room which i really like this velvety kind of sandy texture so that's a good thing if you uh paint it yourself you can just go and test out different paint and experiment and that's a fun process too to me amazing wow and did you um as you were painting did you change your mind on any colors and were like oh no actually i hate it and you you changed it 
and yes. had to do it over. <laughs> yeah. So we did our master bathroom. Um, we test out obviously on the wall, like beforehand, before we bought the big top, right? So we decided, okay, let's go for this color. We bought a big top and I painted one wall and I was like, I hated it. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing that you you were your own painter because you could be like, okay, I'm going to undo it. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have oh to go and buy another one. But uh, but again, it's a it's a it's a process that every I guess every homeowner goes through, right? Like you yeah. put hundred million paint color on the wall, and then you decide on one thing, and then you decide, okay, let's paint this, and then you end up hating it and have to redo it again. And, <laughs> but again, like all these things, you don't remember after. Like it sure. was painful enough at the time, but you don't remember afterwards. And I know, you, so you did your, the skirting yourselves too. And do I remember correctly, you did some of the light fittings yourself? Yes. So okay. um, for light fittings, I wouldn't recommend to do it uh, yourself. Like <laughs> we regretted it because my okay. husband tried to put up some ceiling light and up like blew off the fuse and we have to ask somebody else oh. to, <laughs> to fix it. Okay. So we learned our lesson. We decide, okay, let the electrician to do all the like hanging and all the like lighting fixture. So that's something we have learned. Never try to do electricity, like electrical work yourself, because uh, it's dangerous. Uh, but we did all the skirtings and we hung all the doors ourselves because uh, Philip, my husband, he was trained to do that before. So yep. we managed to save a lot of money on that. We bought like red wood, um, raw wood uh, skirting. We primed yep. it ourselves, we painted ourselves. And then obviously it's a quite, it's very tedious work because you have to yep. fill all the holes and then caulk it and then repaint it, like all that stuff. It took a while, but uh, we probably could have saved, I don't know, probably another four or five grand on hanging doors and skirting. Wow. Yeah. So then you're like, by painting yourselves and doing that, you've saved 25 grand. Yeah, we did. Wow. We did. That's significant. Any other fun things you DIY'd? We actually did a lighting fixture without electrical like work. Okay. Like so an LED? Uh, yeah, so we play around with LED because with the remote control, and that's something I think it's very, very convenient these days. Like back then, probably a few years ago, nobody actually used remote control or battery charged lights. But nowadays, it's so popular and so affordable. So we did a lighting fixture with dry flowers mm, and then we put wow. LED lights uh, in it and then with the remote control. And that's actually sitting in my dining room. Cool. So again, for me, down light is not a necessity in the house. I like mood light. I like ambient slice. So for me to put something like this with the LED light with the remote control actually work, I don't need a ceiling light there. So that's something I like to play around. And I am planning to incorporate that in our master bedroom as well. Instead of have a like a real lighting fixture, I'm going to create an installation with dry flowers and then put LED light with remote control in it. Amazing. Okay. I love all of these really creative ideas. So where does the project stand now? Because I, I think I saw on your story yesterday that you're tiling the entrance hall. So there's still you're still going kind of room by room and addressing things. So yeah. tell us where, what are we looking at for the future on your Instagram? 
Okay, so we are going to do the tiling next week.、Uh, we have left a bit of a space at the at the front door because we reckon it's better to have a tiled space when you first come into the house, so that you can take off your shoes when it's wet or anything, and then you step into the wooden floor. So we left that space until now. So we have a tiler coming in to do it. We the house has originally five bathrooms, so we cut it down、wow. to four. And、okay. we have only done two, so there are two more to go.、Uh, one is in the guest bedroom. One is in my flower workshop room at the moment. And we haven't done anything to the stairs, so that's something we would eventually do. But we always left the stairs till the very end because if you want to put a runner or anything, you don't want anybody to walk on it. So that's、yep. going to be at the end. And also, we're working in、um, the master bedroom. This week and next week, because、uh, we're gonna have a, like a photo shoot in two weeks' time, so we need to rush and get that done.、Oh, exciting!、Um, it is, yeah. So it's still quite a bit of work, and obviously the garden—it's another、mm. big project, <laughs> which I reckon we're probably only gonna do it next summer in 2024. Sure, but it seems like you guys have that one. You you have a lot of the skills yourself now from doing the house in in Rathbarnham, right? I think I saw a reel. Of your your husband knee deep in some dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is a much bigger one, so we probably need some professional help. Amazing. And for that, like I suppose that'll be another big expense. So you you're leaving it to next year. You have the good weather. You'll have some bathrooms done, and then you're you're saving up in the meantime to invest in,、yes. in some landscaping, right? Yes. I guess for us, we obviously is not. We want to do everything. We spend all the money at once. We want to like experience and then invest into areas that we think is most crucial, and then we do one room at a time. And I almost forgot. What about furniture? At what point were you then sourcing furniture, and like, how did you decide when to buy something or not? If you're still having trades coming in and out of the house, I'm sure that was kind of difficult to hold back on. Yeah, so the furniture is funny because we basically bought most of the furniture before the renovation started. So we have、wow. a lot of boxes already in the house. I because、okay. I have already a visual like、uh, presentation in my head of how the house gonna、sure. look like. I know what furniture, what size are needed. So we bought a lot of things already, and we didn't open up those furniture boxes until everything is done. And that's something that's not great because it's a year on. You left the products in the box, and you don't know whether it's still in good condition or not. So we have this dining table which is made of marble, and eventually we have everything done. We open the box a year later, and the marble top cracked. Oh、um, my god! Yes, and I was—I almost want to cry when I saw the crack. It's a massive crack that is not fixable, and it's a one and a half meter wide table. <gasps> And、um, but I contact the company. Surprisingly, they said, "Okay, they're going to replace it, even if it's after one year." So they sent me、what? a replacement in the two. Oh my god! What what is the company? <laughs> you have to tell the company. Them. The company is West Elm. So、oh, okay, yeah. I actually I bought they them. They shipped to Ireland. They don't. Yeah, that's that one thing. So、mm-hmm. I bought them in London when I made a trip there to buy furniture. So they ship it to Northern Ireland and. I found a transport company who can bring things down from Northern Ireland. So it happened that they are actually the delivery company for Wasalm, 
And so it worked out perfectly. I asked West Elm to send it directly to their warehouse and then they bring it down to me. So it worked out perfectly. Wow. I I love how you like hustle, even with each of these small things, it takes so much legwork, but just to be like, oh, just because they don't ship to Ireland, like figure it out. A lot of these websites say like for international shipping, contact us directly. And if you email them and you follow up and you call, you can do the things that you've done. So fair play. (laughs) We also source a lot of furniture from overseas. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Hong Kong. And yeah. There are a lot of options out there that are not available in Ireland. So I managed to order a lot of like lighting fixtures, some furniture pieces, um, and then have them shipped over. We also source furniture from auctions. So we have, uh, you know, like May.com has recently uh, went bankrupt and they have a lot of stuff on auctions. So we bought a few pieces from auctions as well. And also Vintage Shop, Antique Shop is another great place to source because I like to mix a little bit of like vintage pieces with like modern furniture. So it's another great place to, to buy affordable furniture. Yeah, agree completely. Amazing. Oh my God. Well, I can't wait to tune in to what you're going to be doing on your stories. I saw the tile you chose for the hallway. It's so beautiful, really unique. Where, where's that tile from? That tile is actually marble mosaic from tile merchant. Okay. Yeah. Tile merchant. Uh, and I think you've shared so many great resources. Um, and from your, you know, the kitchen company to the builder, lots of things to get inspired by. And I think it should be really a good wake up call for people who maybe are holding on doing a renovation until they have the perfect budget to do everything, or maybe they're scared. seems like you just throw yourself in it, have a plan, do as much as you can yourself, source as much as you can yourself and shop around. And like you said, have patience to get the results you, you truly want. So thank you for taking us through all of that. It was really inspiring. You're welcome. And again, if anyone wants to follow along, so your Instagram for the house is uh, at the dot project.home and your own business where you're doing preserved flower installations as well as some homewares and even furniture now that's one more thing.ie and your instagram i assume is the same right yeah it is one more thing.ie perfect thank you so much vivian and um yeah we'll follow along on instagram for the next part of your journey thank you very much it was really nice chatting with you tanya thank you for tuning in to the interiors podcast To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.